Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for adults. Listener discretion is advised. You've got that stuck in my head. Yeah, dude. Win-win. Billy has been playing videos with songs, and they're all stuck in my head tonight. And he's jamming to himself right now. Yeah, you are. I'll share with you guys. It's okay. Actually, you go ahead. Yeah, he, he just showed me the trailer for the new Last of Us game. It's not really new. Well, it's new, but the trailer's not really new. Yeah, but it's not out yet. It's soon to be new, and it looks fucking amazing. So cool. It looks so real. We've got to get it when it comes out. We're gonna. Not not like we should put this on our list, but we're doing it. (laughs) Oh, we're gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. And then we take it higher. You guys are welcome for that. Now it's going to be stuck in your head, too. Enjoy. You can join me. It's not a bad madness. song to have stuck in your head. I didn't say it was bad, but it's when not, that's the only part of the song you know, and that's what you keep singing over and it's over. It's not like Forever Young from Rodney Stewart. Rod Stewart? Rod Stewart. There it is. You called him Rodney? Is it Rod or Rodney? It's Rod. Maybe his real name is Rodney, but he goes by Rod. Well, when we write to each other, it's... <laughs> I know he's your favorite artist of all time, but... Oh, God. <laughs> okay, guys, welcome to Martinis in the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name's Erica, I'm your host, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Billy. Soon to be completely dry, Billy. What? I gotta give this up for a while. Oh, giving up the booze. Just for a while. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. I'll do heroin. <laughs> I'm sure you can find it around here somewhere. Reality's hard. I can't do it. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I will still be drunkenly bringing you all of the good stuff. You'll have to drink for me. Oh, like you're pregnant, drinking for two. Aw. I'll be talking like this. <laughs> and I'll cry and it'll be fun. Not really. I won't get too sloshed. I learned my lesson after the last kids who killed. It's like that sounds horrible. <laughs> you know the guy that drinks beer all the time looks at you and says, You're drunk. That's <laughs> pretty bad. It was a bad week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You wanna move watch. your snack thing. Really? Yeah. We're gonna argue? Yep. This is this is why we're gonna get divorced. Sorry. Shh. Okay. Fuck. Yeah. You know it. So we've got our second October Halloween themed episode to bring you. Orbs. <laughs> and this was actually suggested by someone in our groups. I think it was Heather. 
suggested. Asylums. Ooh. Chain sound. Rattle, 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 I'm digging the chain sound. Yeah. Just your keys? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> this time I want you to find a chain sound. Here, maybe you're... No, 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 no. I want you to find a chain sound and use it. Last time you didn't because I used my my keys. Yeah, I didn't need to. Because you got lazy. I'll just edit your keys in. <gasps> Bitch. Yeah. You would. I would. Okay. Ooh. Asylums. Erica, go. <laughs> so we've got three infamous asylums. We're going to talk about their dark history and potential hauntings they may have. Places you may know about. Um, the first one we're going to talk about tonight is the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, but was subsequently changed to Weston State Hospital, even though most people still call it Trans-Allegheny. Is that kind of like what the, um, oh, what's it called, the hotel out in California, Skid Row? The Cecil Hotel? Yeah, like they changed the name thing and that would uh-huh. fix it. Yeah, a lot of these hospitals were open so long they changed names when the focus of their patient care changed. You know, if they focused more on one diagnosis rather than another, they might add another word in or change the vibe of the place. But you'll see that a lot in these, these old asylums. I thought they did it because they had a bad rap and they wanted that to change the image because, and everything. But at the end of the day, sprinkle diamonds on a turd, it's still a turd. Yeah, and these places did have some bad raps. <laughs> so the Trans-Allegheny... Lunatic Asylum. Which sounds creepy, but would sound creepier. Like, it has an appropriate name. To me, something that's more terrifying. Same as, really, along the same lines as Billy, you know, Snuggle Bunny Jones, is like a lunatic asylum for the criminally insane. Happy Fun Time Farm. You know, that would be awful. Piggy Palace Good Time Society. Right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want to guess. Just cool. And if you guys haven't listened, last podcast on the left recently did a three-parter on Willie Picton, which who we covered in episode eight, I want to say. And they really delved into the background and everything on him. Um, So it was good listening. Go listen if you haven't. So Trans-Allegheny was a state-run psychiatric hospital in West Virginia uh, that ran from 1864 to 1994. So, 130 years? 40 yeah, years? Had a good run. Yeah. The main building is the second largest hand-cut stone masonry building in the world, only to the Kremlin. So Wait, isn't the Washington Monument made by masons? I don't know if it was hand-cut. Oh, maybe. Okay. Well, yeah, this is the second largest hand-cut, which that would suck, having to cut every single little peace yeah little rocks out of big rocks that sucks construction lasted over 20 years from 1858 to 1881 and work was initially done by prison laborers construction was briefly interrupted in 1861 due to the civil war wouldn't it suck to build your own prison yeah that would be a bummer (laughs) but would you get dibs maybe that you should you know, like that one that's built like one foot, one square foot bigger. You'd be like, guys, can I have this one? Come on. Yeah. I'm claiming this. It's this mine. Is, this is the sweet. When West Virginia was admitted as a U.S. state in 1863, 
the name was changed to West Virginia Hospital for the Insane. Patients were first admitted in 1864 while construction continued. The hospital was intended to be self-sufficient and included a farm, dairy, waterworks, cemetery, and eventually a gas well. Like the fucking prison in The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much had everything that they needed. <clears throat> and when completed, the grounds reached the devilish size of 666 acres. Ooh, Ooh. chain sound. <laughs> And in 1913, the facility's name changed again to Weston State Hospital. So the building was originally built to house 250 patients in solitude. They all would have their own rooms. But the population peaked in the 1950s with 2,600, over 10 times its original intended capacity. So with the increased numbers came increased violence and several cases of patient-on-patient -patient murders were reported. One instance is that of two patients who hung a third man up by his bed sheets from a pipe in the ceiling. But when that failed to kill him, they lowered him down, placed a bedpost from his bed frame on his forehead, and then jumped up and down on the bed until the post was forced through his skull. Well, you really want a person dead. Yeah. That's definitely an inventive way to kill somebody. Prisoners are very inventive. Well, they're not prisoners. They're patients. Oh, sure. <laughs> Gotta use the correct term, Billy. I feel bad for that one guy who's, like, actually diagnosed with, like, schizophrenia, who's in the corner crying, watching all this, like, I just want to get better. I just need help. <laughs> I want to rejoin society. You know, there has to be at least one person who actually is clinically insane who recognizes it i don't know if a person who's clinically insane can actually recognize it but who is there for treatment and considers himself to be a real patient and walking by like doc, doctor doctor no no okay uh i'm having weird thoughts again Nur nurse where are you go oh god you guys stabbed the nurse oh god i'm never getting out multiple staff members have reported being attacked by patients as well there's even a story, and I couldn't find this, like, to be credible, like an actual article or something about it. But there's a story of a nurse who reportedly went missing while at work and couldn't be located. And eventually her body was found two months later, hidden at the bottom of an unused staircase, decomposing. Oh, Freddy Krueger's mom, yo. Yeah, that's what I thought when I read it. Um... So, yeah, I, I couldn't find... I figured there would be, like, a news article. I searched, you know, missing nurse, nurse found dead. I couldn't find any credible source for this, so it may just be lore. I think it would have to be, because here's the thing. with In reality, like, I, it's scary. It's Halloween stuff. We, we kind of want it to be true because it's uh -huh. creepy. But this would debunk it. You ready? Um, doctor? Yes. That last door on the left where we closed up that staircase, when I walk by it, fuck me. <laughs> it stinks. Well, and you know, if you're at ten times the original capacity, I can't imagine you having an unused staircase. I would think you would have to have every available room and area available. I mean, where would there be an unused staircase when you've got that many people? Yeah. And there's no such thing as an unused staircase because there's still stairs. They're very usable. 
You, but you can't are go up, they being used? You can't go up the stairs with a switch or a rolled up newspaper and be like, stop being stairs. They're going to be stairs. They're strong, independent stairs, and they don't need no man. Let stairs do what they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You do you. Let stairs do stairs. Yep. That's why I like escalators. escalators. They break their stairs. Mitch Hedberg said that. Mitch Hedberg. Aww. Aww. Good comedian. Yeah. Okay. Uh, conditions for the patients were substandard due to the overcrowding, to say the least. A series of reports printed in the Charleston Gazette in 1949 revealed poor sanitation in the building, as well as lack so of... So many unused staircases. <laughs> poor neglected staircases. For 49 cents a week, you, <laughs> you could save one of these staircases. <laughs> Call 1-800... Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> the arms of a staircase. Ascend. <laughs> oh, God, what if it's cursed? What if everybody trips and falls down it and dies? And, they'll, and they, and they just it's, walk in and find a pile of bodies decomposed. last the victim. <laughs> you know why that could be a movie? Because there is a movie about a, a murderous tire. What? Yeah. And a sequel. Oh, my God. Just a tire. Going through the desert. Killing bitches. <laughs> I'm going to have to find that and watch it and laugh at it. I'll find it for you. I'll Google it. You go ahead. It, Keep going. We don't need to Google it right now. No, because the poster is amazing. The article reported that there was poor sanitation in the building, as well as lack of furniture, light, and even heat in much of the building. Patients that were not easily controlled were often chained up or locked in cages. The facility was closed in 1994, but it is said to be a hot spot of paranormal activity. Previous staff members and visitors to the building have reported doors opening and closing, items moving on their own, figures walking in the hallways, and disembodied voices. The current owners have tours six days a week, and revenue goes toward upkeep of the location, as it is now a National Historic Landmark. Checks out. Boom. The best killer tire movie you'll ever see. It's called Rubber. <laughs> Don't tell me I can't make a movie about a staircase. Everyone go watch Rubber. Tell us what you think. <laughs> so, if you want to visit Trans-Allegheny, you actually can through a tour. You go to their website, TransAlleghenyLunaticAsylum.com. I did. They make a whole show of it. Yeah. And that's T-R-A-N-S-A-L-L-E-G-H-E-N-Y Lunatic Asylum. Or we'll put it in the show notes. If you want info on the tours. I'll try and remember to put it in the show notes. One of them is a paintball tour. Keep keep that in mind. They have a paintball tour? Yeah, it's like paintball Mageddon or some shit like that, yeah. Well, a little fun fact I found. In 1999, a group of 20 douchey off-duty police officers went in there without any okay to be in there, had a paintball battle royale at the facility, and caused significant damages to the paint and the structure. And three of those officers were eventually relieved of their duties because of the incident. You said duty. I bet you PBR was involved. Maybe. PBR and Keystone. <laughs> Keystone Light. And one girl named Sandy who is sick of their shit but has to be the designated driver. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, 
Yeah. So I'm guys... I'm surprised that because I went to that page too, but I didn't go that in depth. I just saw like the tour times and everything. Um, but I'm surprised they would have paintball. Yeah. After that. I bet you one of the cops was named Chet. <laughs> and Sandy's just tired of Chet's shit. Shut the fuck up, Chet. Sandy, just drive the goddamn car. <laughs> I got you. I got you good. I'm with my bros. <laughs> so that's Trans Allegheny. Look, zombie paintball ride. Paintball ride. Oh, sorry. You get to watch the process of how paintball guns are made. So you, they probably take you on a ride, and people are dressed up as zombies, and you get to shoot them. I would assume. Still fun. Still best. But it's not ever. in the asylum. Date night tips. I mean. National Historic mm. Landmark, I don't think they'd be letting people... That's why I would totally take you for on a first date. That would be awesome. You got, when, you ever go, when you go on a first date, you gotta go places that are memorable. You don't go to a movie and then go out to eat and stuff like that. If like you, we did? If you guys did and your marriage is still <laughs> strong, good for you. I don't, I'm not talking about you guys. We were teenagers, <clears throat> so we kind of were restricted on where we could go and but, do. Like, go to a theme park or go bungee jumping. Something that's exhilarating and something that you were going to remember for fucking ever, you know, that time you pissed your pants when we went skydiving, you know. Billy's love corner. Okay. <laughs> now back to the scary shit. All right. The next one is Athens Lunatic Asylum, which is now known as The Ridges. It was a mental hospital in Athens, Ohio from 1874 to 1993. These really stick around for a while, don't they? Mm-hmm. Over the years, the hospital treated a large variety of patients, including children, the mentally retarded, tuberculosis, bleh, tuberculosis, tuberculosis patients, where they went to die. Sorry, Hunter. To oh vi- yeah, sorry, Hunter. <laughs> to violent criminals and even Civil War veterans suffering from what we now know to be PTSD, and chronic masturbators. That, oh my god. Oh, thank god I'm not alive back then. Yes, the first annual report in 1876 listed the leading cause of insanity in male patients as masturbation. Leave them alone. I hate this sound like, because Ben Kissel does that shit all the time. But seriously, (laughs) just leave them alone. How much damage are they going to do? They only got one free fucking hand. How much damage are they going to do to the world? They're going to grow hair on their palms. It ain't your palm. (laughs) I haven't seen a hair on the inside of your hand yet, Billy. And if if it if these hands could talk, they'd be like, "Oh, he's gonna dick at me again." Meh. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be puppet hands. Meh meh. That's what happens when you work thirds. <laughs> I'm not here. I put on a nymphomaniac on a Netflix, and I pull down my pants and I just I, I look at my hand and I'm like, "Scream all you want, nobody's coming for oh you." Oh my god. <laughs> movie is rough you're gonna want to leave the room sage it's about to get weird oh god (laughs) (laughs) okay so hashtag happy marriage so men were masturbating and they were crazy and women were often institutionalized for quote change of life and quote menstrual derangements so basically they had pms and what are you doing you're Plug is coming out. Go ahead. Oh. Erica, go. <laughs> they had um, periods and menopause. 
And that makes you crazy, I guess. Well, you gotta round them up and put them somewhere. Can't live with them. Can't live with them. (laughs) (laughs) Tastes like dirty pennies. (laughs) What? (laughs) That'd be weird to be like when you're on your Menzies or stuff and the husband's like... You said Menzies. They're like, that's it, honey. Get in the car. We're going. You're crazy again. Go for your week-long vacation once a month. Case, I bet you women were so polite when they were going through their lady days, and they're just like, "If I if I fuck up, he's gonna fucking ship me off." (laughs) No, honey, everything's fine. (laughs) Everything's cool. She goes and punches the dog out back. How's that blowjob you got five minutes from now? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that wasn't it. If you had epilepsy. You must be crazy. Send them to Athens. Because even though it's a diagnosable medical condition that you can't help, they're going to send you to the crazy house. Within two years of opening, its name changed to the Athens Hospital for the Insane and would change its name many more times over the years as the population and policies of care changed. Uh, The main building was built based on the Thomas Story Kirkbride design which centered on the idea that it was therapeutic for patients to be housed in a facility that resembled a home. The less disturbed patients were housed closer to the center and encouraged to socialize and become more accustomed to human contact and interaction. So far, the reasons for going in there are pretty stupid, but when you're in there, it does seem like they care and they're trying to help you. For a while. All of these started out with good intentions. Best intentions, yeah. Yeah. And then turned into fucking... American Horror Story (laughs) Asylum. (laughs) So this approach was considered much more humane than previous tactics, such as bleeding, freezing, and kicking the heads of patients in an attempt to shock the illness out of the brain. Or just tell them to like, hey, quit trying to get attention. More unpredictable and violent patients were housed at the ends of the wings farther from the common areas and exits. There were 554 patient rooms, and it opened with around 200 patients. The grounds had a farm, an orchard, an amusement hall, and eventually its own power plant. What the fuck is an amusement hall? They could go and, like, play ping pong. Ping pong wizard. Stuff like that. Okay. Watch movies, that kind of thing. No prostitutes or... No, no prostitutes. The more sedate patients were allowed to work in these different areas, which operated on a for-profit basis. So, of course, the Institute became greedy, and more and more patients were admitted, presumably for the free labor. This was made worse as Kirkbride hospitals had gained reputations as good dumping grounds for people whose families couldn't afford to care for them. The homeless, the elderly, uh, the mentally retarded... And even just rebellious teenagers were brought in. By the 1950s, the census totaled almost 2,000 over three times its original capacity. Back then, you didn't need a boogeyman. Be good or I'll ship you out. Yeah. But with this influx of patients, the staffing numbers didn't budge. Nurses sometimes had up to 50 patients at a time. Now, I had 23 patients last night. I cannot imagine having 50 patients. After that, the nurses should be committed. I, I just, wow. That's just overwhelming to me. That's funny. I'm still going back to the whole, like, troubled teens thing where it's like, 
I don't want to clean my room, Dad. I want to go out and listen to rock and roll. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear you. I was uh, too busy listening to you pack your fucking bags. <laughs> yeah, parents would dump them off there because they thought it would give them a good scare. Kind of like, oh my God. Scare straight. Yeah, but with a loony bin. I like Sally Jesse Raphael with the drill sergeant coming up. <laughs> I remember that. That was funny. <laughs> Maury Povich did that for a while, too, didn't he? I think Jerry Springer did, too. Yeah. I think that was the one thing you needed to do. That was like the, what, late 90s, early 2000s way of dealing with those out-of-control teens. Of course, patients were crowded into rooms that were originally built for one. They were often restrained for days at a time or beaten. There was water treatment where patients were submerged in ice-cold water for extended periods of time, Or they were wrapped in sheets that had been soaked in ice water, and then they were restrained. Electroshock therapy was administered to patients submerged in water tanks, or applied directly to the temples using brine-soaked electrodes. That's always important, so you don't fry the skin. Yeah. Take note, guys. (laughs) Remember that, guys. Um, Do you need to restrain them if you dip them in ice water? Once you dip them in ice water... They're going to try and jump the fuck out. It's ice water. like... You wrap them up in, like, cloth that's soaked in ice water and everything. After that, you're going to restrain them. After that, they probably won't be able to move very well because you just froze them fucking solid. And the electroshock... Your natural instinct is going to be to try and get the fuck out. But with electroshock, you're cooking a person. Yeah, you're cooking the brain. There's really not going to be a whole lot to restrain. But, yeah, so remember, brine soaked. You got to have something wet and conductive for the electricity. You made me think of, like, the... Fucking like food shop, the the food network, you know. So you're gonna need brine to soak it mm-hmm. when you apply the electrodes to the temple. If not, store bought's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the original lobotomies were practiced in Athens, which involved patient skulls being physically opened up to separate their neural passageways. They would cut into their heads, pull open the skull, and start swish and sit around didn't they used to go through the eye that was the new form the original oh. form they cut your shit open and start poking at stuff around in there with a stick yeah for some people this meant death of course they're opening up your fucking noggin others did forget their psychoses but they also forgot basic bodily functions like holding their piss and shit and drool oh man yeah so do you think they chopped it up as a win Maybe. At least they're just walking around going... (laughs) He just shit his pants. Yes, but is he masturbating? (laughs) I think not. Nope. (laughs) Frank, put that on the chalkboard. He doesn't even know what a penis is. (laughs) He can't even say it. (laughs) In the early 1950s, Dr. Walter J. Freeman developed a simpler lobotomy approach, which is what you were talking about, involving inserting an ice pick-like instrument, which is called a lucitone, through a tear duct in the eye and up into the brain. I have a feeling when you go, ow, 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 that's not the safe word. (laughs) (laughs) Don't move now. (laughs) Once inserted, the doctor would use a mallet to tap it in to get to the, quote, proper depth, and then swish it around to sever the neural receptors. Just swizzle it just it's the tapping tap 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 
Just give it a tap. <laughs> well, if you were really lucky, they did it in both eyes. Oh, Yeah, cool. twice as much damage. Many were left in catatonic states or died, but the Freeman Method lobotomy became a craze in the mental health services at that time. Everybody was doing it. It was the thing to do. Yeah, you squares. It was the pumpkin spice latte of its time. Oh man, I can't even. I can't even. By the 1960s, lobotomies and other physical treatments, if you can call them that, were declared inhumane and the Thorazine shuffle took over. Mm. Now, Thorazine is an antipsychotic medication that changes the actions of chemicals in the brain. It is used to treat schizophrenia, manic depression, severe behavioral problems in kids, and strangely, chronic hiccups, which I was unaware of that. Chronic hiccups is a personal hell. There's my, there's my bit. Go ahead. <laughs> well, over the years, mental retardation and tuberculosis received specialized attention, and the population began to drop. By the 1980s, there were less than 300 patients in what was by then called The Ridge. The Ridge sounds creepier. Yeah. In 1993, the remaining patients were bused to a smaller mental hospital across town, and The Ridge was given over to Ohio University, which actually uses many of the buildings as classrooms and offices to this day. In a way, I think that's kind of good. You, didn't, you know, don't let it go to waste. It's there. Use mm -hmm. it, you know. Sounds pleasant. Until you realize that most of the patients that died at the mental hospital were buried in mostly unmarked graves in the asylum's own cemeteries right next to the campus. You always have a way of ruining shit, don't you? Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Over 1,900 people were buried there, 80 of these being veterans, with only numbers marking the headstones adorning their resting places. They couldn't have even been bothered to put a fucking name. And the state of Ohio only began searching records in 1943 to properly mark the graves with the names, birth dates, and dates of death. So they went from, what year did it open? It opened in... 1874. I was going to say that! You took my steam! To 1943. All that time, they didn't bother to put anybody's fucking name on their headstone. So really, weren't they just doing a guessing game? They, I mean, yeah, they, they just put a number. I mean, like, when they put the names and stuff on there, when they went back and did it, they were basically just... They went back to records and tried to match up the number that was put on there with the records to see who it was. That sucks. And I don't think they were able to actually get everybody's on there. I think there's still some there that are unmarked or just marked with a number. Of course, a place with this much history is full of ghost stories. University students have reported strange figures standing in the empty wings, disembodied screams, or intense feelings of dread while on the property. But one story has actual physical findings to go with it. On December 1st of 1978, a patient named Margaret Schilling went missing on the grounds. She was found on the bottom of a fucking staircase. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Despite the efforts of the staff to try to locate her, she wasn't found until January 12th of 1979, 42 days later, when a custodian happened across her decaying body on the top floor of Ward N20. The ward had previously been used for the treatment of sick, infectious patients, but had been closed down for years. Her official cause of death? Heart failure! 100% of the time. Every time. 
but it was probably uh, related to the exposure of the December temperatures in an unheated area of the hospital. And probably her heart stopping. And her heart stopped. It's believed that she locked herself in the ward to hide from the staff, but then couldn't get herself out. Before she died, she took off her clothes and folded them neatly, leaving them nearby where her body was found. A stain on the concrete floor remains to this day. Which is gross. In the shape of her dead body. And you can actually see the pictures online. Some say she can still be seen on clear nights trying to escape her death room. So the last one we're going to cover is Trenton Psychiatric Hospital, previously known as New Jersey State Hospital at Trenton, and originally as the New Jersey State Lunatic Asylum. It's a state-run mental hospital located in Trenton and Ewing, New Jersey, so it must be on like a split property that's in both areas. Um, It's a large place, so I would believe it. It was founded by Dorothea Dix, an advocate for the indigent mentally ill, on May 15th of 1848. It was the first public mental hospital in New Jersey and also the first mental hospital designed under the Kirkbride plan that we previously mentioned, where it's supposed to look like a home, feel like a home. That's not a bad plan. Yeah. None of those... Nursing homes, I think they're like in Germany or Switzerland or something like that. That looks like a little village. It's like in a stadium. That's fucking awesome. Have you seen like, it's, it's actually like in like a stadium. Mm-hmm. And the, the lighting is supposed to look like outside, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. That's so. I love that. That would be so great to have. Man, I can't wait till I get old and go there. <laughs> I'm not sending you there. Bitch, I- Nah. It doesn't matter because Phaser is going to invent something. I'm telling you, he's going to invent some virtual reality thing. We're going to be like, honey, I'm going back to the 80s. Bye. And then going to be a famous musician or yeah. something. Yeah, he's going to do something good. <laughs> In 1907, Dr. Henry Andrews Cotton became the medical director of the facility. So they had a good run for, you know, 50, 60 years. But then he came along. Uh, He was considered a progressive doctor who abolished mechanical restraints and implemented daily staff meetings to discuss patient care, which is really good. So far, so good. But... There it is. Here it is. He also had an unshakable belief that mental illness was all related to untreated infections in the body. Based on the observations of patients with high fevers, often becoming delusional or hallucinating, he believed that infections were a biological cause to behavioral abnormalities. So, Cotton started pulling teeth, as he believed them to be... <laughs> That's the weirdest sentence I've ever heard. Harbingers of infection. Cotton started pulling teeth. I've never heard those words ever together. Yeah. Till now. Mm-hmm. You made my ear holes do something different. Yeah. Let's learn. Yep. And if that didn't cure a patient, he went to the tonsils and sinuses. Just fucking rip them out. And if that didn't work... (laughs) It didn't work, doctor. Go deeper. (laughs) Then let's go for organs. He surgically removed testicles, ovaries, cervixes, gallbladder, spleens, and sections of colons. Doctor. (laughs) Because these people were crazy. Since Cotton did all of this without control groups or double-blind experiments, he thought he did pretty good. So this was just... Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he claimed an 85% success rate, which brought him worldwide attention and praise. But... Yeah, yeah. headline. 
This motherfucker is ripping off balls and lady orbs. <laughs> but without antibiotics, there was a very high post-op mortality rate, and many patients died from post-op infections that they got only after the surgeries were done. So they went in <laughs> with no infection, had a surgery, then got an infection and died. So basically, it was a, I don't know, circle of death. When critics began casting doubt on his practices, Cotton was put on review by a peer board, and the New Jersey State Senate launched an investigation. His only defense was, 85, guys, I have an 85%, come on! But support and accolades from other professionals and even politicians allowed Dr. Cotton to keep operating until he retired from the hospital in 1930, 23 years later. He sucked pieces out of people for 23 years. It was later deduced that his death rates were close to 45%, and hundreds died and thousands were maimed or mutilated while under his care. Well, with Cotton gone, you'd think, okay, it'd come to an end, right? No, the surgeries eventually stopped, but not until the 1950s. That's what we're all about here on Martinez and Macabre. You think you're going to get some good news? You're not. No. Erica's going to shut your shit down. Yep. Squash it. I like to call her the monkey wrench. <laughs> yeah, so for another 20-some years, doctors continued to brutalize people because they thought infections made them crazy. Yeah, 85%. According to him. So, in the 1950s, the reason it stopped was because that's when tranquilizing drugs like Thorazine started becoming available and more readily used. Patients actually started becoming stable enough to return to the community, and numbers dropped at the facility. Many wings were abandoned and fell into disrepair. But a 400-bed psychiatric hospital is still standing and in use to this day and has a 2.8 stars on Google reviews over half. <laughs> Despite this, there are multiple reports of people seeing Dr. Cotton's apparition, hearing disembodied voices or catching EVPs, and orbs. Orbs are bullshit. I'm just saying. Yeah. There's anomalies and it's dust or bugs or glare. Fucking orbs don't tell me shit. Yeah. Just saying. Look at this dot. It moves to the left and then goes down to the ground. Oh, wow. like a bug flying and landing? Like dust yeah. going through the air? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I did don't... Did you wipe the lens down before we did this? I don't put too much stock in orbs. And the reason we say it like that is from the old-time Ghost Hunter show. The original crew. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he had an accent and he called him Orbs. He was a fucking loser. Orbs. Yeah. That was his big thing. He always found Orbs. And he would make sure he told everybody about the Orbs. And now he and then he started doing like that Ghost Hunters International. Stupid. Yeah, they don't even have the original crew anymore, do they? I don't know. Any but, of them? I don't know. But when they went to Germany, it was like, speak to me. And then they called it EVP. Fuck you. It's Germany. Yeah. Say it in German. Try that shit out. Mm-hmm. Stupid. And these EVPs, I would like to hear an EVP from this place. And it, I would believe it mm-hmm. if it wasn't like one of those like, what are you going through? They're killing us. You know what? I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. He pulled teeth. They're killing us. 
<laughs> I would believe that. <laughs> he pulled my wisdom tooth. Yeah, I'd be like, oh my god, that's a ghost. He took off my testicles. Yeah. <laughs> Even the ghost is upset. <laughs> Call for help! <laughs> I'm not a man anymore. This guy's crazy. <laughs> I, have a, I have a theory. This ain't a glasses on theory. Oh. But I think... I, I don't know if ghosts exist, but... I don't think anybody does. That's the whole point. But um, I'm wondering if material can absorb energy, like a sponge, like um, wood, for instance. Wood can absorb water and rot, but it can also absorb water through treatment and become water-treated stuff that you use for decks. Mm -hmm. Think of it like this. Think of it like an echo. An echo Echo, bounces off the wall... But what if one piece of that echo stays in the wall? And that's your residual haunting. It's not the ghost. There's no ghost. The person's dead. They're not around anymore. It's energy. the sponge leaking because it can only hold so much stuff. And, and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing something that's there because... Well, energy can neither be created or destroyed. It's just an ongoing thing. It has to go somewhere. Yeah. Where's it go? I mean, like, look at it like this way. If you fart in a jar, you bury it, you dig it up, open it up, smell it, it's going to smell like a fart. That's what I'm, I mean, that's really, really like the best that's way to put it. That's a lovely analogy. But I think it works, <laughs> which is kind of sad. I kind of feel like maybe you've done this before. No, 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 I haven't. Oh, good for you. Actually, it's a story that goes back to the Bible, not the farting in a jar. <laughs> But somebody, I learned it in like Sunday school when I was a kid. Somebody was mad at somebody, so somebody told him to go dig a hole and yell in it. And then he dug a hole and yelled in the hole, covered it up. They dug it up, and then they heard it, and then the king got mad. Some shit like that. I don't know. And I was like, I don't think that's possible. Hmm. Interesting. Just an opinion. All right. Go, Erica. (laughs) If you guys have any ideas or thoughts about what ghosts might be if you believe in ghosts if you don't do you believe in residual hauntings or some energy remaining there let us know what you think yeah and like everything i said let's just move that aside put a pin in that but let's say ghosts are real it would have to be to me it would have to be something powerful Mm -hmm. um like if i had a stroke right now and died probably not gonna be a ghost i'm billy fuck but, like, that house, remember that house out in the east? I think it's out in the east. Everything bad happens out in the fucking east. Is, um, the, 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 the axe murder. The dude murdered the whole fucking family, got away with it. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And, like, they found, like, the axe marks in the ceiling from mm-hmm. when he lifted the axe up and came down with so much force, he carved the ceiling. Mm-hmm. If ghosts exist, they'd be there. Because they went out hard. Mm-hmm. Those ghosts went out hard and in fucking pain. If, you, if, if there's a ghost, it would be there. So maybe there is a Crybaby Bridge. Because if you think about the story of Crybaby Bridge, that's sad. That's a horrible fucking story. There would be a ghost there. But, like, the librarian never stops working and you can see her lantern. You're not seeing a fucking lantern. You're seeing a reflection of the streetlight. Yeah. But somebody would have had to have gone out pretty hard to where... I don't know how to put it. Like... To have that much energy left. Yeah, like... What you're seeing is a splash. 
somebody got thrown in the water so hard that that splash that comes up out of the water is what you're seeing. It was so violent that you're still seeing it end type of thing. And maybe that's why one day a place is haunted and it's been haunted for years and one day it's not. Maybe it's over. The energy is now expended and there's nothing else to put out there anymore. And then there's no more haunting. Yeah. Which causes more debate and why it's all debunked and why people say it's bullshit. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I mean, I've seen shit that I can't explain. There's got to be something. Energy something. I don't I don't know. I have a ghost story. What's your ghost story? It was at my old store before I got tore down. Mm-hmm. It was the... John was working for me. Uh-huh. No. Oh, my God. No. I didn't even have that store. I was at the other store. I was filling in for Terry because he had one of his, like, three or four heart attacks. Yeah. And I was filling in for him, and a woman came in in a skirt. No, not a skirt. Dress. But it was a tight dress. It was very form-fitting. I know... Not because I'm like a perv, but because it was a black and white striped horizontal dress. Black and white striped horizontal dress on a person that's curvy, you see the line dip mm-hmm. and go out and concave. Yeah. You know what I mean? It so follows the contours. It, it follows, yeah. So it's not like I'm looking at, I'm trying to justify myself in front of my wife, but I'm saying like, you see that and you're like, oh, she's pretty. She's prettier than me. <laughs> I never really saw her face. It was like, not like, um, not like the ring. I like Samara, but like it was one of those things where like turn and nod and then go back to what you were doing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I, but I knew the hair was black, jet black, jet loosely curled, not naturally curly, but like you curled your hair in the morning, but it's night. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. See, I'm saying it right now, and you're saying, mm-hmm. I guarantee every woman who curl their hair is like, yeah, I know exactly. Yep. What you're, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, yep, that's what my hair does. The minute I step outside. Falls right out. So we have cameras covering pretty much everywhere except that left corner. We have a dome mirror to see, you know. But there's still a blind spot. If you go behind the wine racks, if you squat down to grab something, I can't see you. Even Mm -hmm. with the mirror, you're just, you're covered. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Now, you remember the cooler has a secret little entrance, that secret door? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. John came out of there. I was with a customer, so... John came out, and I pointed over there, not to say, like, hey, look at that woman or whatever. It was, you had, you had to go up to him, like, oh, can I help you find something? Or do you need help? Do mm-hmm. you have any questions? That type of thing. I pointed over there, like, yeah, yeah, over there. And I'm, like, ringing stuff up. And he, like, looked, and he looked at me. He went, put his shoulders up, put his arms up. Like, what are you talking about? And then I was, I was like, and when I was with the customer. I was like, oh, have a nice day. And there's a woman over here. She was looking for some wine or something. And I looked, and I'm like, Wait, no, no, And no, you no. would know if she left because that buzzer... That buzzer's when loud. The door opens, when the door opens, it's fucking loud. In or out, that buzzer's loud. Yeah. And, and you never heard he, her go out? It was the customer and her. Customer was already in. So after the customer came in, you only heard one more buzz. That was her coming in. Mm-hmm. The other buzz you heard was him going out. You would have heard another one of her going out. You never heard it. Hmm. She walked in the building and turned into a fucking vapor we even went through the warehouse we went through the cooler thinking does she know about the secret door to the cooler yeah nothing and because i had to fire john and to this day he hates me but if i were to call him i'd be like remember the chick with the striped dress he would lose his shit <laughs> yeah we've brought that up so many times and he doesn't believe in ghosts but he would always we bring it up he would look at me like there was that woman in the dress and i'm like yeah that was fucking weird 
Mm. And it was like an 80s dress. It wasn't like a dress somebody would wear today. So. Yeah. That's weird. That's my ghost story. Creepy. Yeah, there was a time when I was like 12 or 13. I was sitting at the kitchen table and I had gotten ready for school. My mom was getting ready for work and I saw out of the side of my eye what I thought was my mom walking by the door to the kitchen dressed in like a brown pantsuit. She works for medical records for a hospital and she had to, you know, dress up or whatever. And I said something to her and she never responded. And so I got up looking for her. She was in the bathroom, not wearing a brown suit or anything. And I was like, you didn't answer me. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, I just asked you something when you walked by the kitchen. She said, I've been in here in the bathroom, in the shower. Nobody else in the house is awake. It wasn't her. But I saw somebody walk by that door. You know, once again, like you said, you couldn't put a face to it or anything. Just, you know, a glimpse out of the corner yeah. of your eye. Something went by that doorway. Yeah, and it wasn't like Slender Man. It wasn't smooth. There and was I, a face. And I honestly, I couldn't tell you if it was a male, a female. I just assumed it was my mom because she was the only other person up in the house. Yeah. Fucking scary. It's giving me goosebumps right now just talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. So, there you have it. There's some creepiness for your Halloween listening. <laughs> chains. And I think we're going to put out the Candyman as a special Halloween episode. So you guys will get an extra one. Let's fucking do it. He's an asshole. Real piece of shit. Yeah. And when I say Candyman, and I'm not talking about Dean Coral, because I know... He's also referred to as Candyman. Who? Dean Coral. The actor? No. I'm thinking about the movie. The guy who raped and killed uh, a bunch that's of... That's not the movie. That's yeah. That's buried him in the storage unit. And yeah. That's like a whole different story we may cover in the future. I'm talking about the original Candyman that ruined Halloween. Really ruined it for everybody for years, even to this day. Yep. Even to this day, that's, he fucking He is left why we have the panic about checking your kids' candy before they eat it. Yeah, that's why hospitals will fucking x-ray it for you. Mm, oh, that yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. So, look forward to that. We will try and get that out to you for Halloween. <laughs> but for now, of course, want to thank Phaser765 for music and artwork you've seen and heard this episode. Um, you can find him on SoundCloud and YouTube. He has a Patreon that you can donate to to help him with his music and projects. He's still making great stuff, and I'm going to keep putting it out as long as he's making it. Very talented kid. want you to please, if you could, and have the time, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever app you use that has the ability to rate or review. Let us know what you think. Give us feedback. Uh, it also helps to bring us to a wider audience. And I would also ask, I've noticed that the last couple of months our numbers have kind of steadily been dropping, and I'm not sure why. If anyone has any idea if there's something that we've done that maybe turned people off or, you know, you didn't like the topic... Let us know. Send us an email. It's martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, which is martinisinthemacabre.com. There is a contact page on there. Let us know if there's something maybe different or new we need to do. Um, also, I would ask to help spread the word. 
If you go on Facebook, we are members of um, two different podcast groups. One is called Podcast We Listen To, which is actually a podcast that's hosted by Jeremy Collins. But his Facebook group is kind of for everybody that's a podcast host, podcast listener. Um, if you could go on there and, you know, maybe, you know, start a thread about our podcast, suggest it to people, do it on Podcast We Listen To and underdog podcast community we would really appreciate that it helps get the word out to lots of podcast listeners who are all on those facebook pages and love getting suggestions for new podcasts we would really appreciate that and you can join to be a member and you guys can find some awesome new podcasts to listen to on that page as well i found several and that's where you know i connected with jim goodluck from the forgotten news podcast which the episode that I was in recently came out. I actually listened to it this morning. He's a fairly new podcast, but please check him out if you want to hear my voice talents. Uh, it's about the first lynching in Ohio. Um, but there's tons of podcasters on that page. And if you could just, you know, put a post up about us and you can tag at Martinis and the Macabre and our Facebook page should pop up and highlight it, hyperlink it. That would be awesome. Um, we're just trying to see how we can get our numbers back up. So that would probably be the easiest way. Share us on your personal Facebook feeds. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis and the Macabre. We're also on Twitter at Martini underscore Macabre. Um, we have a lot of interaction on both of those, plus a fan page on Facebook called Friends Who Like Martinis and the Macabre. I try and when I post something, post it on our main page and the fan page that way everybody can see whatever but feel free to join both groups because we're active in both and billy handles the twitter so he's on there tweeting away doing my tweety tweets doing the, the twits fucking whatever yeah sure twit what? Uh, and like i already said go to our website there's an about page it has a full catalog listing there's also a page about us. You can see some pictures, kind of learn who we are. Check it out. I think that's about it for this episode. Nothing too grand going on right now. Still getting adjusted to my new job, working 12-hour shifts on thirds and adjusting my sleep. <laughs> it's been kind of nuts the last few weeks, but we still plan on getting stuff out to you just like normal, so don't worry. I'll be on heroin. <laughs> Billy will be on heroin. I will still be drinking my rum and cokes. I'm going to have to sit here and drink water in a protein <laughs> shake and be like, hi guys, how are you? And if you are a member of our Facebook groups, you saw where I posted the other night about the show Drunk History. It's on Hulu. It was on Comedy Central. How many uh, seasons did you say? Four. I think it's still going. It might still be going. Oh. We started watching that the other night, and we were, like, practically crying. Yeah. It was so funny. Oh, I started watching the new one, Hawaii, and it's got a dude from uh, Walking Dead. Steven Yoon, whatever. Steven Yin. Yeah, he's one of the actors in it. Hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Cool. But, yeah, check that out. That is my suggestion uh, for Hulu and Netflix, Mindhunter. Really good if you like learning about the history of you know the fbi and how serial murder became a term 
it's, you know, it's good. I like shows like that. I like programs like that that show the beginning of things. And a good one, if you guys haven't seen it, and I hope Film Rose is listening, <laughs> um, The Good Shepherd. Hmm. Yeah, you've told me about that. With Matt Damon. That's the beginning of the CIA. We're talking like OSS and it's 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 a really it's not action packed you mm-hmm. know but it's so that's how mind hunter is it's good it's slow moving so you have to be somebody that has a little bit of patience but very intriguing to see how everything started all right billy's got to go um feed his need for some video games and uh i guess that's it for this week stay safe Remember, if you've seen it on our Facebook page, if you're in trouble, just act like the cat and turn your butt towards the offender. Just just stick your butt right up in there. You know, it if, totally if de-escalates the whole situation. If you're ever in a situation, especially if you're a guy, if you're in a situation and you feel like you're about to get in a fight and you don't want to get in a fight, pull your pants down. Pull your pants down, put your underwear down, put your hands up and be like, come at me, bitch. Nobody wants to fight a naked man. So just use that. It'll get you out of some trouble. Just be a naked man. And it'll get street cred. They'll be like, don't fuck with him. God damn. He's cray. He needs to go to Trenton State whatever. Yeah. All right, guys. That's it for this week. We want you guys to stay safe. And we will see you again for Halloween. Deuces. Goodbye. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
You just brought back a memory. Of what? Telling a person with epilepsy having a seizure to shut up. What? I didn't know she was having a seizure. <laughs> oh my god, Billy! I didn't see her. She was behind me. It was during a briefing in the military, you know, and I heard like they were like going over stuff we have to do and all that shit, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're kind of listening. You're kind of not. And then I heard this, this chick in the back just go, oh, <laughs> and, and I turned around like, shut the fuck up. And I looked and uh, yeah, she was on her side fucking doing the 85 robot on, but she was laying down and I was like, oh wait, no, that's, she ain't supposed to be doing that. 